Përshëndetje dhe mirë se erdhët. Vepra is a platform where we share stories of rising Albanian figures located around the world. We share these real stories in hopes to inform and to inspire action in you or anyone relentlessly going after their dreams. Hi, Lindita. Thank you so much for coming on Vepra. Uh, It truly means a lot. Uh, At Vepra, we want to share Albanian stories and find it immensely important to share about our common past, but also how to navigate in the new world uh, here in America. As you know, many Albanians, the majority of Albanians have been here a short time compared to Americans or other cultures and identities uh, that have been here generationally without, you know, sounding too political. Um, simply meaning that immigration causes many shifts in, in someone's life. And um, I think that someone in, in your field is, is very uh, welcomed and very, very necessary in this, uh, in, in this time uh, for, for us. So thank you so much and, and, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. As I stated like a few weeks ago, my intention was actually to never work with or help Albanians. I was always a bit, um, I hate to even admit this, but um, ashamed to be Albanian growing up as an American Albanian. And all of my business mentors, once I started getting into the field that I'm in, um, all discouraged me from working with my own kind. And as, you know, a quote in the Bible says, a prophet is without honor in his own land. That was repeated to me several times by all these, you know, wealthy, well-to-do, successful business people. So I never thought that my message was meant to be for the Albanian people. But the more I started standing out and leaning in to like my truest calling, I realized that I have this inner passion um, that I didn't know existed. And I'm 33 now, and this literally just lit up within me within this year. So it's, this is a whole new world that I'm navigating. Um, I never even learned the language. The first time I went to back to where my parents are from in Montenegro, I learned a little bit of the language and I, I fell in love with the culture. I fell in love with the land. And so it's just funny seeing it all come together full circle. And then here you are doing this podcast. So this is great. So thank you for having me on your platform. Thank you so much. Um, what I find so interesting about you is that you have become so in touch with your inner self and you have followed um, that path to help many others, many, many humans along the way dealing, I guess, with life and, and its different phases. How did you become to be? Like what has influenced you along the way, but especially like when you were younger? Like you're saying it's quite interesting. And I love the fact that you're so blunt and honest. I admire that so much that you said that, you know, you felt ashamed um, to call yourself Albanian. Wow. I think that's probably the second time I've ever heard that. And I just want to know a little bit more about that. Yeah, I guess so. Like as a kid, maybe without the access of internet or other people, you just grow up in your own circle, in your own family. But what I noticed outside of that, the older I got is like the Albanians were known for, or at least from my experience was, it was more of the like, the hard crowd, you know, um, there was no, there was no emotional outlets. There was no emotional support as far as like what you were going through as an American living in still an Albanian cultural society. So it's like, you had to be split up between this. Like, do I do this? Do I do this? Like, who am I? So this whole identity crisis, I think as a kid of like not being able to do the traditional things that all your friends did, but now obviously growing up, I have so much respect for that because I felt like it kept, it kept me in my lane. It kept me still close enough to my roots to remember like where I came from. 
Um, and another huge influence actually was my dad from a young, young age. I remember him always telling me that anything is possible Yindith, and all you need is your mind and it can conquer matter. He used to go outside like in his boxers in the snow and like prove to me. So this is like pre Wim Hof, right? Um, this is like biohacking, like in the eighties. So he used to go out there and he's just, and I say, you know, Bob, are you cold? And he's like, no, he's like, when you've conquered your mind, he's like, anything is possible. And that I always stuck with me. And as a child, I always called myself a good guesser. I used to um, guesstimate things or, you know, I don't know. I just come with these inner knowings and these things that would come through to me and I'd say them, but I never took it serious. So I felt like I was tapped into my intuition at a very early age, but it was never talked about. It It was never nourished. Nobody knew how or, or why or you know, where that came from. So I kind of ignored that growing up. And then through my own personal health experiences, it's really shed light on what the body is capable of and not taking no for an answer. If you're not satisfied with the results that you have from your, you know, primary care physician. So through my own inner health journey, I just got into um, naturopathy and healing. And from there, just exploring different foods, right? Because we come from this large cultural food is love, you know, background and just dealing with my own insecurities and tapping into my emotions and then also um, learning what foods I was craving and this emotional connection that I had to food and how it really was the root from where I came from and not looking at it in a negative way. It's really shaped me and grown me to now like grow my intuition. So now that I can take logic. I love science. I love how the body works. That's always been my strongest topics in school. And now I'm just learning how to combine it with like your own inner gifts, your own personal knowing. So I feel like this is just the beginning because I've fully accepted myself now instead of trying to fit into what crowd now? Am I, you know, am I going on the doctor route? Am I going on the spiritual healers route? So I've been playing in this, in this space where I was trying to identify as something, as someone. And truthfully, what I do is like, I can't really identify it. I can't lock it down. I can't, um, I can't put this word behind it. Cause it's like trying to explain faith to someone. It's trying to explain love to somebody. It's just a feeling it's a knowing. So that's the space that I play in. And then through my journey as an adult, becoming a mother. Um, I've had many spiritual breakthroughs um, in the process of pregnancy and delivery. Oh my gosh, I, I could go on. So yeah, I think just my ability to tap into that. I, I definitely felt called as a young kid to help. Um, I thought that was my role is maybe to be a doctor. But once I got into that, I realized I wasn't going to be as hands-on and as um, transformative as I wanted to be with people. So um, now that Instagram and Facebook and social media has made it, I guess, um, popularized, like the whole style of health coaching, life coaching. um, Now I'm kind of really starting to really lean into these gifts. So that's where I came from. That's kind of how I came to be. And yeah, I mean, many things in between. I can go off in a bunch of topics. So make sure you keep me yeah. keep me on track. <laughs> I would lo- literally, I would love to hear all about it. And I'm sure many of our listeners, um, as you know, um, have are dealing with a lot. And you know, Albanian women or women in general, but especially from our culture, you know, we're strong. We're very, very strong women. But what else do do we need to do? We need to know. You know what I mean? Like, what else do we need to 
you know, what, what I came through this year through my own coaching, you know, as I coach people, I have somebody that holds me accountable because I can't hold the space for the healing that needs to be had unless I'm supported in my own inner healing. So what I discovered with myself is that I had this huge gap in this huge wound with creating bonds with other women. And for me, that stems from my childhood. Um, and then it goes into my physical healing, which is the small intestine. And for those that know me in my coaching, they know that the small intestine is your connection to your mother. So acknowledging that I had this mother wound that was not supported in life. And it comes from very, very early on. So like every Albanian woman or woman that I know goes through stress at some point. So I think during my mom's pregnancy with me, it was a very stressful time. Um, she was not able to breastfeed. So I think it was the only child that wasn't breastfed. So then all of these little things coming together, um, that was the baseline for my immunity, for my gut health. And from there, I realized that I was missing this, this figure in my life. And what I thought was my parents, it really ends up being myself. But it's those experiences as a child where you think, oh, I need my dad, you know, if your mom yells at you, or I need my mom if dad doesn't let me do this or whatever. So it's like just trying to figure out and navigate the world as this child, as this identity of being an Albanian girl with family, with cousins. And then also I think we're torn because we have such a strong commitment to our families that we want to please them. So I think growing up, I wanted to be a pleaser, a people pleaser. I really wanted the attention from people to be validated because for some reason, my story came up that I just, I wasn't enough or I wasn't validated. So through that, yes, I realized that my my connection to men has always been strong. I always looked up to my father as a strong figure, even though he had faults. But for some reason, I put more pressure on the women. And I think it's because we are women. So it's easier to identify with your own kind versus like, I can't tap into the psyche of a man. I don't know what it's like to have this pressure, right? Of being this Albanian boy, you're the king, you're the man of the house and all this. But I could identify more with like the woman, like you're the caregiver, you're the giver and all this. But what I realized is that it wasn't balanced. And that at the same time, women at that generation at that time were going through their struggles, just like we are in this time and period, you know, 2020, and they just didn't have the tools. So it's been my life's mission to like really find out like, what are those tools to heal those parts of me so that I don't hold anybody accountable? So everything for me is about taking responsibility. So I realized that this mother wound had carried into my relationships with women. And I noticed that because I was never allowing myself to be close to a woman, to be close to a friendship other than my own inner circle or my own sisters or my own cousins group. I realized that every time I went out in the world, I was like, there was this resistance to connect with other women. And at the same time, I feel like there was this upbringing that we had as far as this pressure to be beautiful, to be thin, to be, you know, marketable as a wife, you know, that was, I think I was on the tail end of that in my generation. And anybody, you know, 35 and up, I, I totally feel for you because things have totally gone differently now. But um, yeah, I think, I think for me, it was um, getting across to the younger generation to explore those relationships with other women and to seek support from other women because we are so strong that we don't know that we need it. So as a mother, you know, that's why they say in the American culture, it takes a village to raise a child. You know, and back in the old country, when you did have a child, you went back to your home, to your mom, to your sisters, to your cousins that supported you after birth. And a part of this American society is that you can do it all. You can do it all. Yes, we can, but at some expense. So my advice to the to the youth would be to open up those 
those wounds, that mother wound, that connection that you have to mother and who she is for you, and let that trickle into your relationship with other women in your life so that we can break this stigma of being competitive with each other or not trusting, or I have to be the alpha in the room. It's like, no, 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 everybody can be a queen. That's my thing is like everyone has their own inner queendom. And that's what I love to do. I love to support women in that so that they realize like there is no competition. There is no hate. There is no, you know, I'm better. You're this, you're that. It's really all about yourself and containing yourself in this container that feels safe enough to heal these wounds so that you can show up in your world as the best self. Absolutely. Now it's, you know, um, if we see each other as queens or as you know somebody that we can bow to and they of course to us in a sense right if we're going along that thought what how should we deal with women who don't feel the same women who do have that resistance or women who are very jealous and insecure but yet you know there's there's that community connection there's also that you know we identify we understand but we just don't know how to to help Yeah, we don't know how to ask for help. So I tell people, listen, if the filter is not me, if you are not connected to my calling, my purpose, my path, my path, you need to find your own. So how you do that is recognizing, hey, I don't have eyes in the back of my head. So I tell people, that's why I hire people to support me. I cannot see the blind spots that are within my field, that are within my experiences, right? Because I will justify my ego. My ego wants to justify why I'm hurt. It wants to justify why I feel this way. Instead, when I hire someone to give me a new perspective, like I said, if I can't see in the back of my head, who's going to tell me and call me out on my bullshit? And I, I believe those conversations should be had in the home, that we should be brought up with them. But with life being as chaotic as it is, everyone's in their own world. Everyone's in their own bubble. Everyone's trying to heal their crap. So if you're at that space where you're not happy with yourself, you'll know because my biggest test is when somebody has something that you want, do you feel joy for them? What is your first initial response? So if someone has like either a marriage or a child or a business or success, whatever it is, however you feel will let you know where the where the healing needs to be had. And if you're not happy with that person, if you can't genuinely like give from the heart, and what I feel like it is, it's actually that inner child, that inner knowing. Because look at children, they don't pick and choose. They're just love always. They're always giving and receiving love. So with us, what happened along your way? What happened along your life that led you to hold back or withdraw from love or not give it freely? So if you are feeling those things, hire support, either read a book. There's great, great books out there. And I, I'm actually not a great source for books because I haven't read that many, to be honest. I'm one of those people <laughs> like that I, coast, I did. And, and it's actually not a great thing. Um, the negative side of that is I've just coasted right in school, in life on raw talent. I never had that discipline. So like I would, I would not study and I would ace a test. So that's how I learned my whole life. And same with sports and anything that I tried. I never, I never developed the discipline. I'm only learning that now as a woman with a family, with a business. So now it's all catching up to me. Right. So, um, but hire support, read, read books, um, become part of programs, try something new, and then be vulnerable. Do not be afraid to show your vulnerability. I think it's not just with Albanian women. That's why I said my message is so much deeper. It's it's healing that feminine quality, that mother wound that we all have. And that's the ability to show power 
through our vulnerability because flow, tears, emotions, that is an expression of your divine feminine self. So don't be afraid to explore that. Wow. (laughs) You're literally giving me chills right now. It is. It's so true. I'm like such a... um, I have so much that I want to give to the world. So that's why I have to show up in these, in these interviews and in these months where I'm like, Oh, I'm feeling insecure. Do I talk? Do I not? But you know what? The more I lean into it, the more like I get excited. I'm like, Oh, this is my passion. This is my life. So the more I share, the more it grows within me and the more powerful I feel and the more aligned I feel with my spiritual calling. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, I, I have a question. Um, I know that you were born here. Um, I was born back home and I experienced a few things, you know, the traumas obviously of the past, but there was war, there was extreme poverty. There were things that, you know, as a child, as that child that just loves freely, gives love, receives love, it just all felt it, it was what it was, you know, it was never a question. We, I remember being very scared, Um, most nights I remember, you know, seeing a lot of different things in my childhood, but I can say in general, I can say that I had an amazing childhood. You know, I could say that there was so much love and I could say that even though we didn't have toys and we didn't have much of anything, it was, it was very fulfilling. Friends were like family and the community was very, very tight. But when we when we moved here, we made the transition. Um, I remember going to school here and, you know, becoming one with the society. We landed in a very small town called Milan and no one uh, spoke English. I don't think there was one Albanian there. I don't think there was one foreigner there. So it was one year of simply throwing ourselves into this culture and like learning English as, as fast as possible. And then we moved closer to Albanian communities, which we also found a disconnect. So it was this, it was just such a interesting time. But then as, you know, I'm spending more time in in, uh, the United States, I see that my childhood was not normal. uh, And those things were not healthy, you know? And I think that... uh, I think that um, generationally, like many, many women or many, many people my age are going through this, even though not many are speaking about it. Yeah. You know what I was going to say for that? I think number one, it just points out the resiliency of our people, wherever you're from. Now I grew up here and I did not see the unification of the different Albanians that are from the different regions. So like the Malsord or the Northern Albanians or the ones from Tehran or Southern Albania or the Kosovar. I didn't grow up with that knowing of having them all like mixed together. So I had that look where I was like, oh, you're from there. And because I didn't understand their dialect, because I didn't understand their culture, I automatically formed like a negative imprint. But the older I get, I'm like, wow, like we are going through the same things that Americans are going through, which is like this loss of identity and unity as one people. Like we literally are one people. We're one people. We're just divided into these regions. We've adapted to the food, the the lands, you know, our different dialects. But so I think that just shows how resilient we are when it comes to surviving things like war. So for my side, I feel like, okay, we spent how many hundreds of years up in the mountains? And it wasn't until we came down now and got ourselves assimilated with. So we came from like the mountains of my sea and came, you know, through Italy to New York to Michigan. And then it's like total culture shock. So if you went through that culture shock, in what 1999 2000 97 yeah 97 
as soon as the war kind of... Yeah, so if you went through that in the late 90s, shit, imagine what these guys went through in the 60s. Like, wow. Like, So that just shows me how resilient they are. And then I think that pressure that those dads or those grandfathers or, you know, they made it out of nothing. So it's like the more you have, the more you want to give to your kids. So I think we've grown up with these cushions and not realizing how privileged we are just to have clean water how privileged we are, like just to be able to go to the store. So these things that we consider like normal now, we're not normal back then. I remember in the late nineties, like they didn't have toilet paper where we were from. So it's like, that was a privilege. So I think it shows us number one, how strong you are and that resiliency. Also, I think creates a lack of empathy for people who go through things that are less challenging. So when you see people struggle, you're like, well, what have you been through? I've been through this, this, and this. And then it comes down to comparing your past and comparing your trauma. When people People think like, I don't have trauma. I'm fine. I survived. That's fine. That's survival mode. But at some level, your spirit, your soul, that childlike innocence was affected somewhere. And for some people, guess what? It could be down to the fact that maybe you were born C-section. Maybe you didn't get to be on your mother's chest right away at birth. Maybe you weren't breastfed. Um, Maybe... Who knows? Like you've developed this, you know, separation anxiety at some point as a young child and it carried with you, but you don't have a remembrance of it. So I think the survival mode that we go into when something happens, it makes us stronger, but it also numbs us to those feelings of like, oh, wait, I went through this, this and this and this and this. I never had healing. I never had anybody guide me through it. So I think everyone at some level has some form of trauma and it doesn't have to be major. I've heard, you know, I've supported people through extreme sexual abuse, sexual trauma, that kind of stuff. Or it's been very little things like, you know, I didn't feel loved. I was, you know, the fifth one down the line and my parents were busy and they were always working, whatever. So it could be big. It could be small. Either way, it doesn't matter. It's big to that child. It's big to that person. So what do I say to people through that is like, understand that your resiliency got you here and you're so freaking strong. And if you could handle what you went through, I think the point now is to share that with other people so that we can connect on deeper levels so that we can all heal and rise together. Because if we don't, we're just going to play this ego game of like, I'm fine. I'm going through life. I'm this. Or, or comparing traumas. Like, no, I, we don't want to do that anymore. There is no pride in that, you know? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Let's compare our healing. I feel better here. I did this today, right? Yeah, I think it's becoming more and more popularized. I think there's also that fine line of like, it's also popular right now too. So like the whole... I think California life coaching industry has like popularized this idea so much of like Instagram this, we all want to be coaches. That's amazing. I love that. I want to see more of that in the world, but I want to see integrated with people that are strong in other areas that don't feel like, Hey, I have to share my business. You don't have to share it. And I tell people all the time, I felt a calling. There's certain things I don't share. I love my relationship, my children, my husband, but I like to keep that part private. Like that's something I really, really honor. I just, you know, there's certain things I don't like to expose. But if I feel like I can share something, if there's anything I can share that would relief or give someone relief from their heart, from their lungs, from their grief, from their anger, then hell yeah, I'm going to do it because that's how I learned. There was somebody brave enough before me. I was whatever introduced to these groups or to these circles or you know, I, you know, just went head into healing and there was other people that stood up and were teachers of my time. So then I'm like, okay. I think I can identify with a lot of these pains and struggles because I was that same girl. We were all that same girl. And I think that deep down, we're all those little girls, we're all those little women, we're all those little ex-people pleasers, we're all those, like, where you feel people's pain and you're like, this isn't normal. 
Like, why are we feeling this? Why are we causing all this trauma? What I worry about with the trauma uh, and these things that we've had, it's like markers in life. I feel like, do we repeat this, these things unconsciously, subconsciously? Yes, until we learn what we need to learn in order to do what we need to do in this world, which is love freely, which is give from an open heart, which is learning how to not be stingy and not to be so attached. Because that is really the the root cause of suffering is the attachment. So we will support those old stories with people that will feed that part, that ego that wants to stay small. If you're willing to grow on beyond that, you're going to confront someone or you're going to hire or you're going to seek counsel for someone to show you, hey, you're not telling the truth in these areas because this, this, and this, and this, this is what's going on in your body. You can see it in multiple ways. It just depends on what lens you want to look through. I happen to be super passionate and super gifted with seeing it at multiple angles. So wherever your physical healing is, that's a sign. That is the roadmap. Your physical health is the last place. All of that trauma, all of that <clears throat> suppressed emotions is going to show up. So once you identify these areas and once you open up these wounds, it just opens up these like these layers in your chest, in your field, in your heart that have been closed off. And you'll know because you'll feel it. It is a feeling. So there's certain things that we've adapted to as far as logic. We want to make logical reasoning and explanations for why things happen. I love that. I think it's beautiful. I love diagnosis. I love medical treatment as far as that that goes but we cannot ignore the fact that we are physical beings having a human experience and that human experience is what it is spiritual it is deeper it is deeper than we can identify it there's no identity you can't call it something you can't put it in a container and the only way that i can get that through to the people to the population is who were you before your gender? Zero to 14 weeks. We don't have a gender, yeah. right? What tells your body to grow? What tells your body to grow this human being? What tells, and for me, I consider that spirit. Because if I think about it, like you're not man, you're not woman. What are you? From zero to 14 weeks, just roughly. So then I think, okay, so what are we? Zero to 12 weeks, you're fully formed. At 12 weeks, you're a fully formed human being. You're just growing from there. So what are you at that level? That is the level I play in. That is the level that I see people, and that is why I'm here. I have never thought about that. I wouldn't have either had I not had, I think, my own experiences um, in motherhood and, and growing and just thinking, like, I used to have this as a child where I would watch animals, and particularly cats. I'm like, oh, my God, there's like six or seven kittens in there. Like, that is wild. Like, that's unreal. And so I feel like that's another thing that we've totally lost track of. As humanity, we have lost the gift of giving life. Like we have really lost that essence of like women. That's why women are the queens. And that's why men should hold the men pedestals. But that does not mean I need to step on my man to receive that. It is a queendom. It is a kingdom. It is built together. And I think that's what this modern world has done. It has given us all these tools. Look, you can do it yourself. Absolutely, you can. You can live on your own. You can get a job. You can get educated. You, can do, do, do. you, know, you could have you know, a baby without even having a partner if you wanted. So I think we've developed this whole society now where we think we don't need anybody. But like anything, just like the human body, I'm so fascinated by it. There is not one organ system that functions on its own without help. And guess what? The little tiny red blood cell is no bigger, no better than the human brain, than the central nervous system. Every single part has a role. That is exactly how we are mirrored. We are mirrored in the image of that. So we lose the connection of thinking, hey, by the time my food got to this grocery store, 
how many people were involved in that process? Wow, thank you. I'm grateful. That's why it starts in every area of, of realizing, hey, we cannot do it alone. We need support. It doesn't mean you're needy. It doesn't mean that you're not healthy on your own. It just means no system in the body, no system in the world functions on its own. And the more we lean into that technology driven where we think we can do it alone, we can do it alone, you can do it. Great. See how far that takes you. You can't do it alone. There's not one system that you can survive on your own. So that's how we look at it. And that's what I think we're missing. And that's what I feel like this whole movement, this whole spiritual movement, this whole unity consciousness that everyone's talking about, that's what it really is about. What, what about women who feel like they're they're alone or, or uh, just people in general in our community who want to pursue their dreams but are not finding any kind of support, but in fact are being put down for wanting to, to pursue whatever that they want to? If you declare, I just had this in our last group, if you declare it out loud, it's like this growing up overweight as a child. I never declared my goals of wanting to take care of myself. And at, before it was all about losing weight. That's what I focused on, losing weight. It wasn't. It was about feeling good so that I could nourish my body. That was the core of it. Now, if I kept those goals inside my mind, nothing gets done. Because you are like you're self-sabotaging always. That ego is always going to try to fight you. It's not until you conquer it. How do you conquer it? Hire support. I hired a trainer. I read a book. I went to school for nutrition. And then, you know, so you just continuously like say what you want and then follow it with action. For me, then I would like, I would get my family involved. I'm like, listen, guys, this is how I'm eating. I want you to support it. Can we start buying this, this, and this, and this? And guess what? Eventually, like everyone started eating that way. So it's like somebody needs to be the one to like declare to make the change. Like you have to voice what you want. You have to be brave enough to conquer that fear. Oh, how, how will people perceive me? Who cares? Are you going for like the results that you want? Then share, ask for accountability. Accountability is key. If nobody's holding you accountable, and I would say that even side note, side tip, this is why I'm really now into relationship counseling. It's like, if you are continuously building a world where nobody is challenging you, that is dangerous. It's absolutely dangerous. So that's why I said with technology and this, and we think we can do it all by ourselves. We just blow these egos up that are just like almost artificial identities of like covering up who you really are inside. So how do you do it? How do you do it alone? Every time I open up a platform, every time I open up a coaching group, we all have the same, wow, I've been there. Holy shit. I've been there. Why? Because these women now are brave enough to admit, I don't like the way this feels. I want something to change. Okay. How could we do it together? You can do one-on-one -on -one coaching. One-on-one -on -one coaching is great. It's transformational. But if you want to like really fucking amp it up, get other people that are in the same belief system, that are in the same mindset that want to support you in your goals. So if you had a specific goal, imagine three, four, five, six of your strangers. They could be your friends. They could be your family, cousins, whatever. Imagine six or seven people working towards the same goal. You get through it so much faster. That's what we need to break. We need to break that stigma of you can do it alone. Listen, there are things absolutely you're going to go through your trauma alone, but the healing, the healing is meant to be supported. And I call it having a sacred witness. If you think you're going to do the healing and read a book and listen to a song and cry on your own, you're going to get some changes. Absolutely. But you're never going to go through what you want to go through in the public, in the community, because you need to feel supported as a human being outside of your own identity. So you can do as much inner work and shadow work. But when someone sees you, like when someone replies to me and says, wow, Lindy, I needed to hear this today. Thank you for sharing. That gives me validation of like, okay, all right, I'm going to continue with that kind of content. If she did not reply, I wouldn't know where to go. 
and I wouldn't know how to serve the best way that I'm here to serve. So what I do is I just go with it. I go with what I'm going through that day. I share it. And if someone feels it, great. If someone does it, that's okay too. So we have to be willing to take that rejection from people who don't want to be a part of that process. You know, the first time that I was part of like a group meditation uh, was years ago, it was very scary to be in front of people and then to just speak, you know, instead of just keep it internally or speaking to your very, very close people. But like speaking to strangers was somehow, first of all, it was very scary. But then at the same time, it was like detoxing. I would remember I would leave uh, from there and just feel like, wow, I conquered something. Like I healed something. Wow, I shared something that I thought was the biggest secret. But then as soon as I shared it, it was just like, oh yeah, I experienced that. I experienced, you know, everyone, it was common. You know what I compare that to, oddly enough? I spent a few years in Catholic school and it was that moment before you went to confession. You had all of this like pent up, doesn't matter, you know, if you're Catholic or not, but this is my experience as a Catholic was that feeling that I had before confession. And like you built up all this fear, all of this judgment, all of this shame. And you go through, you open your mouth, you speak your truth, and then you get what? You get support. You get unconditional support on the other end. And then you leave feeling like all of those bricks, all of that weight was just lifted off your body. And for me, there is nothing more freeing. And as people to identify as being free, that is the core who we are as Albanians. That's literally who we are. And this is why my spiritual path and journey has led me back to my roots. It's, it's unreal. The connections that I've drawn, I'm like, holy shit. Wow. This is really for a purpose. This is really for like, I was born for this. I'm ready for it. But that feeling, the feeling of being free after a confession, after speaking your truth, after being like, Hey, I'm going through this, this, and this, and this, can you support me? Boom. Yes or no. And it's like, all right, cool. Like just that in its own leaves, like you're going to leave lighter. What are you going to do with that? You're going to make better decisions. If you open up those channels for healing, and that's what we're afraid of is we want to have control of the healing process. And guess what? It's not, it's going to take you for a ride. So you have to be able to let that ego sit back, enjoy the ride and let your body do what it needs to do in order to heal. Yeah, I, I literally I had a thought there, but I just I just wanted you to, to fully yeah express that. It's so beautiful. I completely identify and I hope that more I just want everyone to experience that. Yeah. Same, same. I think and that's why that's why I'm here. That's why I do the work because you know you can do all the work for yourself and for your family, but there's nothing like sharing it with other people. There's nothing like being in a room and in a space where there's no judgment and you can speak freely and just be you. It's, it's a great feeling. I feel like with the times right now, obviously the presidential election and everything that's happening, I think this is the most divided I, I've seen our community online, especially, and just in general. I think a lot of people have severed relationships, you know, because of Biden and Trump. And there's been some harsh, harsh words. What advice do you have, like words of healing? My honest, like core belief is that it is actually just all a distraction. And that if you play into the media, if you play even in social media, we have to be so conscious that our minds are making meaning to everything that we see. So these subliminal images that we watch in movies, in video games, on television, this whole war that has divided us, like there is a much deeper purpose here. And that purpose is to stay in your own lane, yet having the same collective, I guess, um, 
growth consciousness. Like when I look at this, this debate, this election, it's beyond, it's beyond that. It's, it's on every angle. Are we divided? And if we actually do the inner work, you're going to realize that there is space for everyone in this world. There literally is, I think it's become such a comparison. So you're divided, we're split, right? The whole, that's an old ancient technique, the divide and conquer. And we fall for it every time. Like these rallies, like they need to be peaceful. Like you need to stand in, in your own integrity and realize what are you standing for? So this country, we're fighting for this country. We're fighting for this president. But like, where are you in your home? Who are you as a father? Who are you as a mother? Who are you as a child? Who are you to your neighbor? Who are you to your local farmer? Like we need to realize that our role in society is much bigger than choosing a side. And if you stop with wanting to choose a side and reflect inner, you'll realize, okay, we're all here with the same, we all want the same things. I don't care if you're Trump or Biden. I don't care who you support. Do you want a happy, healthy family? Do you want to take responsibility? Do you want success? Do you want this? Do you want to learn growth? I get it. But it really comes from taking responsibility for where you are in the world. And that forces you to do what? To do the inner work, to do the inner healing, and to make sure that you're living a life where you are not the victim, where you are taking responsibility for your own happiness. I think it starts there. I think that will eliminate, like I have zero fuel in my fire. I have zero like animosity towards anyone on either side because I just see peace in both. I see unhealed people making decisions when like you're fighting all of this energy you put into this election into posting these memes and, and supporting and, and arguing and like, great. I hope that same fight is for yourself. I hope that same fight is for you wanting to be a better parent or mother or whatever, whatever your goals are. Everyone's got different goals. Because it affects all of us. We're so connected. I hope that our younger generation, this is what we have here. We're what, 40,000 Albanians in, in Michigan? And I understand we become Americanized and I understand that we become part of, we're part of the world, yes. But at the same time, you know, we resort back to our families, you know, when we want to. And our family is our community on so many levels. And it's so sad to see... First of all, I'm just so surprised by the fact that people are so convinced. I mean, they're so convinced, you know what I mean? Just like mindlessly, like Trump or Biden. And it's just this, it's, I've never seen um, a bigger clash like in, in my life as far as like politically. I've also though never seen such separation of people in nature. We have become these digital bound CEOs, like look at our children now, even the whole COVID, like our kids are on their, their, their zoom calls all day. And it's like, now we're heading into winter here in Michigan. And it's like, oh my gosh, like our kids aren't going to have that experience of being outside, breathing fresh air. So the more that you get connected to like you, and that's what it is, it's having that connection. So all of these separations, all of these fears that we have, all of this anger that we have towards the other party. That's why I said, like, go within, go with what your needs, like, what are your needs? My needs need to be met as a human being. So I need to eat good. I need to feel good. I need to move my body in order to feel sane enough to conquer this world of like, ads and marketing and commercials and like YouTube and all this, like that is all great, right? It's giving people platforms. It's giving people voices. It's helping change. But at the same time, we need to use all of that with discernment and realize, okay, am I getting the balance? 
Am I giving my mental health a break? Am I um, comparing myself to other people? Am I supporting my own, you know, inner emotional needs? So as long as we do the work, we cannot get caught up. That is not the only thing that's going on in the world. The elections are not the only thing that's going on in the world. We need to equally pay attention to the foods that our children are eating. So you're concerned about the president, which has no real dictatorship into how you feed your children. So are you doing those basic things first at home? Are you taking care of their emotional needs at home? Or are you showing them, hey, conquer and divide. This is what works, kids. Let's fight. Let's be on one side or the other. If you're not on my side, you're on the losing side. No, we're on the same side. Everyone's on the same side. I look at politics the same way. It's two sides of the same coin. You're still the same coin. We're still on the same earth. Yeah, absolutely. And I I do worry um, when it comes to this. I just think that, but at the same time, okay, at the same time, maybe that that needed to be Trump as an outlet for those people that have been so suppressed and to the point that maybe this their voices should have been heard maybe many years before, you know, because we there is space in the world for everyone that we shouldn't maybe maybe we should be kinder to to people who are finally saying, you know what, I agree with uh, Trump and, you know, not. Uh, being against Mexicans and immigration, being racist and saying these things. He may not be. I don't know the man personally. We probably none of us do. It's just we're exactly we're we're hurting our families. We're hurting our community, st- uh, feeding into this anger, this thing that like that is just so hard to ignore, especially in Albanian men, especially in humans. Um that we forget, we neglect um, what's the most important to us. And I feel like it's putting so much pressure on the people who are the most vulnerable, who, who are there, who are oftentimes are women, um, our mothers and grandmothers, you know, and we can't forget about that. That's a heavy, that's a heavy topic. It's actually, it's a very heavy topic because if we acted, if everybody acted actually how they want to, like deep down in their core, we would have no reason for this. The, this whole year has been a play on our psyche, has been a play on the mind control that is always happening. And that's this, every movement, every, everyone wants to be a part of a movement. Everybody's separated into their own fight. So we all want to fight. We all want to fight for what's right. And I was hurt here and, you know, Dems versus Republicans, the Black Lives Matter movement, the white supremacy movement, like it's just continuously, continuously trickling. I'm not saying that stuff does not exist in my world. It doesn't. In my world, it doesn't. I see everybody as an equal. If we could actually move forward with your own truth, like, are there people that are doing this stuff? Yes, maybe, but it's not the majority. The majority of us are good people with good intentions that need to continue like healing, that need to continue showing support to one another. If you do that, guess what? We're the majority. So even if you want to talk conspiracy and all this and the the 1% that controls the world or whatever, the finances, like, okay, great. But we vote for our dollar. We forget that we are the people moving the machine. The power really isn't the people. It doesn't matter for me who's president. You want to know why? It's a job I don't want to have. Do you want to have it? Because anybody that stands up to be, and of course I believe in the corruption, this, it didn't happen just in 2020. You're trying to tell me that with power, with money, with influence, like we think what we're getting on the television is like fresh information. It's like, no, it just trickles down. If we learn, it's like, for me, it's like watching the Hunger Games. Turn off the TV. Stop giving them a reason. Stop voting with your dollar. Stop voting with your likes. 
Things don't change because we don't think that we have the power to change. That's why it never changes. I remember posting a picture of like my dandelions on my grass. I'm like, I don't spray. Yeah. How many people I got? Yeah. I don't believe in it either, but my neighbors do. And I don't want to be the only one that's not, you know, spraying my lawn. I don't want to be the one with the ugly dandelions. (laughs) That is our mentality with everything. Nobody wants to stand up. No one wants to be the oddball out. Like, okay, they're dandelions. My son used to eat them. Oh my God. And guess what? They used to clean his liver. Oh my gosh, the stuff that I would see him pass through a stool. Amazing. Look at that. Nature heals. Wow. It's already there for you. It's there for us. We can't see that world because we're behind the computers. And I'm glad, like I said, I'm grateful for technology. We're able to communicate like this. This is amazing. You're going to put it out there. People from all the world can see. That's amazing. But it's not the only facet of living. We have to remember where we came from. We have to remember to give thanks to our food, to the earth, to everything that it provides for us. Because without that, we would not be where we are. We have to. Absolutely. Yeah. And then comparing, you know, well, they're doing it. Why can't we? That type of mentality um, is one um, that I think immigrants kind of, uh, they're so vulnerable to because they don't know what's right, what's what's what they should do, what they shouldn't do. In fact, they think they give right to the person who maybe knows the language more fluently, knows English, maybe has a little bit more money, has driving that car, and they 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 don't uh, see, they forget their value, they almost doubt their their knowledge. Yeah, because I think it's also because you don't know your value, but I think you have to go through the system to realize your value. So for me, I look at it as like, yeah, we did. Maybe the people that came from these sturdy mountains and culture never got sick come here and right, they didn't have education. They didn't have supermarkets. So they come here and they're like, oh yes, doctor knows best. Of course, of course. Yes, yes, yes. They're, they're a doctor. They're, they're going to know, of course, they're here to help. And I think that's where we give away our, like, our rights as far as like, No, like you forgot where you came from. The reason you are so strong, the reason you are so resilient is because you grew your own food or you had fresh, clean air, water, whatever. And we come here thinking because of our lack, our lack of what education. So we we have all these mountain people that felt like they weren't qualified to make these decisions because they don't know the language, right? You go to a new place, you don't know the language. You have that what? I feel dumb. I'm stupid. I'm not smart enough. So then I see that with the Albanians is we've all adapted to that thinking, well, I don't know the language. It's not. That's why it's so important to like adapt to where you are, but not forget where you came from. And like this year, I've told my husband a hundred times, like all my clients know, like I have this quest to learn Albanian like I've never had before. Oh my gosh. I am so happy for you. Our language holds so much, so much. I'm telling you, and it's not like... I, this is why I have to leave with that. <clears throat> Don't get me started. My, my husband breaks down language very well. And it's it boils my blood every time. I'm like, okay, I can't. And you know what <laughs> the game changer was? The Elvana Jota song. A few years ago, we were sitting in our, li- our living room. And again, like I have no reason. I didn't grow up wanting to be a patriot. I didn't even, I I used to avoid people at the grocery store. God, I don't want them to know I'm Albanian. Like I really did not want to be in the scene. And when that, I heard that song, there's something in my blood, like literally something in my blood activated. And I was like, holy hell, do we even know? Seriously, you, you cannot be, I, I don't care what generation Albanian you are. You cannot listen to that song. You don't even need to know Albanian to feel activated and to feel proud of where you came from. Yeah. So I, so then that makes me think and have compassion for the Americans of this country, right? I never was connected to 
the national anthem or whatever. But when I see diehard Patriot Americans, like constitutional ones, like old school, like conservative, I'm like, yes, I get it. I feel it. And then that feeling transfers into like religion. So when I have people that are like diehard, like love the Bible and this and cry reading, I'm like, yes, absolutely. Like I don't need to be a part of those to have the same compassion for them because I have my own experience and I know like when I let go of that judgment, I'm like, I don't want people to think I'm being this fake patriotic or Albanian. I'm not, that was not my path. And then I'm like, holy shit. Like I want that to be my path. Like I want to go to Albania and learn Albanian. Like I really want to learn. So like it's and not, not because I want to do anything other than I want to activate my own genetics, my own blood. Like there's something very, very powerful about being able to go back on my grandfather's line, 17 generations. Like, I'm not sure I could find anybody in my community, like other than Albanians, I don't know many people that can do that. Like how many areas in the world can you really go back that line? Unless you're totally, you know, not part of society or like indigenous Native American Indian or in a tribe in Africa that hasn't been Americanized. But like, that is powerful. That is amazing. It's a huge key. It's a huge key to unlocking your inner truth. And, and your family has been here how long? At least, I want to say they came in the mid-1960s or early 70s, maybe. I think late, late 60s. Okay. We're, we're getting a perspective here that, you know, it's almost like a blast into like the future, you know? Because I've only been here 20-something years. Oh, yes. I call it reverse evolution. I'm like, the things that our grandparents are experiencing, I feel like it's come full circle. Like, where they came from, the country they came from. And if it's like, hmm, America's heading down the same trajectory I'm not sure that I'm not going to do what my grandparents did, which is go to another country to seek freedom for our children. Absolutely. Amina Chunmulai had something. There was like this, this uh, is like a, almost like a marketing ad for like Albania, but the way that it was stated, it was just so beautiful. It was with Amina and a few other people that was basically saying, you know, this was like a few months ago. Have you seen that one? Just urging older generation mm. or just like no, Albanians in general, like in, in America or throughout the world to, Hey, come back home. It's fine. Like come back home. You're welcome. Because, you know, I guess we reach a certain point where, where we want that so dearly. Well, I know this from my family that there is, there is nothing stopping me from giving like my family the best life that I want. So if it means moving, if it means going back, if it means, like learning the language, like I have zero attachment as far as what I'm going to leave behind. Cause for me, it's all about what I want to create. And the older I get, the more I'm like, this falls in line with what I want to create. Like, this is the lifestyle I actually want. So this, my whole life has been fighting that. Like I've never, I, you know, you have to go through it though. You have to come to America. You have to do the whole, you know, all the steps and process and become totally, you know, involved in the culture to realize what you want. And like some people, like, Hey, that's what you want. No problem. Like you stay here, like you build yourself. That's fine. But like, for me, when I look at the lifestyle, it's that lifestyle and that, which like my ancestors had like very simple. Yes. It's hard work when someone said, yeah, but that's hard work and growing your own food and having animals and this. I go, yes, but no, like there's nothing in life that isn't hard. So you get to choose your hard. Is it hard work and I'm going to like have a closer knit family and we're going to grow our own food? Or is it hard work where I'm going to work and not be home and put my kid in a daycare? Like either way, it's hard. Like there is no easy way. I'm not going to let that hold me back. Absolutely. Is that a word of advice that you have as far as like uh, just fully immersing yourself into into something, allowing yourself to live where you are at and then 
um, you know, making that decision as to where you want to be, if you want to be back and forth or if you want to learn the language or just find that, make that a home or here. Yeah, it just comes down to values. Like, what do you hold important? What's what what life are you envisioning for yourself? And that's the thing that most people don't realize is they want to change you know, the, the relationship or the job or whatever. And I know this for every situation that I've been through. It's never been the other person. It's never been the job. It's never been the family member. It has always been me. So my advice is get to know yourself, get to honor yourself, make decisions for yourself at the same time with respecting people. And that's where I feel like we fall short is because like maybe our parents have a different idea of what they want us to do. And you have something else that you want to do and you don't know how to communicate it. So then you spend your whole life living this identity that's not you because you just wanted to please or you just wanted to obey. And I think that's like what we're just breaking out of. But if you can give yourself the permission to be like your own individual sovereign human being, but with that comes responsibility, right? You need to make sure that you're not living with your parents, relying on them to pay your bills. And then at the same time, trying to be this independent person, a man, it doesn't work. You need to show that you have that power. You need to show that you are an adult. You need to show that you can make decisions. And when you make decisions, decisions come with consequences. And how you deal with that is what's going to like catalyst you or like grow you and develop you into a different change, transform human being. So if you can take responsibility, you can make decisions and you can remove the fear and the judgment that we put on ourselves and the fear and the judgment that we receive from other people then your path will be laid out for you and you'll be able to feel the decisions and feel what's right to you. That's why it's so important to go through all these layers. So it's deep. Everyone's like, oh, you're so deep. And it's like, people are afraid to get into the deep conversation. Yes, but it's necessary because you have an inner compass. Literally, everybody has an inner compass. Combine it with logic, combine it with reasoning and boom, there you go. You'll be able to make structured, intuitive-based decisions. Amazing. Which that was never. I was always way far into the intuition, way far into the loosey goosey, airy fairy where I was not grounded at all. And I realized, hmm, that's not supporting me anymore. It does. And it helped me grow like my gifts and it helped me like in my business, but it's not the structure and the, the system that I want to grow my children into. So I want a balance of both, just like everything. Love technology. Great. But I also need a little nature. So if we can learn to nurture both sides that's why it's the same as politics. It's the same as the masculine and feminine energies. It's the same thing. You need both. You need both. You cannot do one without the other. Amazing. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Lindita. Where can we get in touch with you? Like, where can uh, anyone just, I guess, make an appointment or for you to provide your services? The easiest way is through my Instagram. I'm not taking any more one-on-one -on -one clients. I have a really heavy load. So the work that I do is so deep and I have to make sure that I'm like, I'm spiritually fulfilled. I'm emotionally fulfilled. So it's like, I spend a lot of work on myself holding space for other people. So um, I won't run workshops all the time though. So like the best thing to do would be to like follow my Instagram or you can go to my website and like book a discovery call if you want to see if you're right for like any of these groups that I put forward. So I have another group coming out and I'm going to make sure that it's longer, more in depth, um, way fuller for people to like really immerse themselves in so that they can do the healing. And like my goal is to not see, like I said, I don't want to do one time and done clients anymore because one of my mentors told me like, Lindita, like you're here to teach people to fish. So there's that, that story of like teaching man to fish, he'll eat for the day 
or I'm sorry, give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day, teach a man a fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. And that's my goal is to teach people to fish. I don't want people relying on me. I don't want them like thinking I'm their guru. No, I just want to show you the tools so you can do your own thing. You can have your own passion and you can create your own reality. So Instagram, my handle is uh, Yendita Naturalista. And then my website is IamYendita.com. IamYendita.com. Awesome. Thank you so much uh, for your words of advice and so excited for you. So excited for, for anyone to listen, you know, who will listen to this and, and find um, inspiration. Um, and yeah, let's continue this. Thank you. Yeah. Anytime. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Vebra Podcast.